evening. Our top story tonight, Melvin Gordon made the news talking about the running back market, how it is the worst position to play in the entire NFL. And he's got to be right. I mean, running backs are underpaid. They are treated as disposable. They are treated unfairly in terms of the work that they do. However, the work that they do isn't that valuable, even though it is so hard, so difficult, so much effort goes into it. So we're going to break down the running back market all the way back to Todd Gurley, who Melvin Gordon blames, not necessarily blames. He blames Sean Payton, but it's the Sean Payton, Todd Gurley deal. We're going to be talking about that on player profiler today. This all started with Melvin Gordon and Melvin Gordon does believe that Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl caliber season left in him. And now Russell Wilson has a Super Bowl caliber coach or sorry, an MVP caliber season and an MVP caliber coach. But of course, that means that they can win the Super Bowl together. Melvin Gordon believes that of the Broncos, but Melvin Gordon also believes that running back is the worst position in the NFL. That the market started going downhill with Todd Gurley, with Sean McVay saying that he's never going to pay a running back again. He's just going to use them and rotate them. So back in 2018, Todd Gurley, fresh off a 2,000-yard-from-scrimmage season, fresh off of 19 touchdowns, I believe, if I recall correctly, Todd Gurley signs a four-year $57.5 million deal. That's $45 million guaranteed and $14.4 million per, per year. Before that, in the years Todd Gurley played before his extension, he made just $11.5 million. So one year on his new deal, sees over double the amount of income across his entire rookie contract, objectively underpaid for a 2,000-yard season. And first season after the contract, Todd Gurley goes for 1,831 all-purpose yards, Scores a career-high 21 touchdowns, 1,251 yards rushing, 570 yards receiving. Pretty great season. First season looked like, hey, Rams were pretty smart paying Todd Gurley. Look at all this production that they got from Todd Gurley. And then it fell off a cliff. Todd Gurley, 1,064, not rushing yards, yards from scrimmage. Only 857 yards rushing, only 207 yards receiving. Todd Gurley had gone downhill so, so quickly with the knee injury. And then he was released in 2019, spent one year with the Atlanta Falcons, 842 total yards, nine touchdowns. That was less than 700 yards rushing, barely 160 yards receiving. It was rough for Todd Gurley. And it showed a lot of people what overpaying a running back can do. Because... Running backs need help to win. Running backs need help to make a difference. They need blocking first and foremost. It is extremely rare, especially today. It is impossible to find a running back that doesn't need his blockers. And so when you're building a team and every position falls under that same contract structure, every position falls under the same cap, 
you look at what is more valuable and paying running backs is not valuable. It's more valuable to pay the blockers in front of them. And then you can just churn and burn. But in the human sense, that's awful. That is terrible for the running backs who just get used up and spit out. Do so much work, have the hardest job in the NFL when it comes to just taking a beating on their body, running the ball between the tackles, pass blocking, receiving game, running backs take a lot of hits and they aren't compensated fairly, but they aren't compensated fairly because that's how the position works. It's not as valuable compared to other positions. And we're going to continue to break down this discussion, get into the history of the running back position here right after this special word from the Podfather. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go get the draft kit. And looking back at the historic running back contracts, it started a year before in 2017 with Devontae Freeman, but really that was not that much. $8.3 million a year for Devontae Freeman, a five-year $41.3 million deal. That's kind of in line with the current market at running back. It's actually better than the current market at running back. Miles Sanders compared to Devontae Freeman the high-prized free agent running back this year didn't top $7 million. So Devontae Freeman kind of started it off, but still only $8.3 million. In 2018, Todd Gurley signs his extension, makes $14.4 million per year, $57 million total, $45 million guaranteed. But he wasn't the only running back to sign a contract that blew up in the face of the team that offered it. David Johnson signed a three-year, $39 million contract. That was $13 million per year. But before that, David Johnson had made just $2.26 million. That is ridiculous. That is insane. The fact that David Johnson made just $2.26 million with the Arizona Cardinals, the work that he did, then he gets the contract. It doesn't work out. David Johnson does not perform to the contract, but 
he kind of deserves the money because of how underpaid he was before. And the same is the case with Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon made $2.7 million over four years with the Minnesota Vikings. Leafs signs a four-year $30 million contract, $7.75 million per year for the San Francisco 49ers. It does not work at all. I can probably count on one hand the amount of games that Jarek McKinnon played. That is hyperbole. Jarek McKinnon did play for the 49ers, but barely did not live up to that contract at all. But you're kind of paying for the work they did previously with the running back position. The running back position is the strangest position because all the work they did in the past at the start of their career, that is the most valuable. The second contract, by the time they get to that, you're expecting a drop off. And we saw it. With Le'Veon Bell, this is when it really came to a head. Le'Veon Bell, 2018, when David Johnson and Todd Gurley, when they were signing their contracts, they put the franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell. The Pittsburgh Steelers did. He did not like that, held out the entire season. He was supposed to make $14 million on that franchise tag. The year before, he made $12.1 million on the franchise tag, which is $2 million more than the franchise tag is right now. And remember, franchise tag works based on the highest paid players at your position, plus a couple little incentives in there as well, based on Pro Bowls and all of that. But $12.1 million, $2 million more the franchise running back was making in 2019 compared to today, part of the value at the market. It's part of what the market has set for the value at running back. And Le'Veon Bell in 2019, he does sign his super deal. Four years, $52.5 million, $13.125 million per year. It's not really that crazy, considering it was not lived up to. Le'Veon Bell did not live up to the $13.125 million a year contract. But on the rookie deal... Le'Veon Bell only made $3.85 million. Le'Veon Bell did not make $4 million over four years of his rookie deal. That's insane for the work Le'Veon Bell put in on his rookie deal. He absolutely deserved to be paid. The problem is he was underpaid in his prime. And then when it got time to offer him a contract, the Steelers made the right decision saying, no, you're not worth what you are asking for. The Jets overpaid and it bit them in the ass. And it happened with Zeke, too. Zeke, in 2019, signs a six-year, $90 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. That was $15 million per year for Ezekiel Elliott. That was the highest-paid running back contract in the NFL. And it didn't work out. Ezekiel Elliott just continued to drop off and off and off efficiency-wise. 2019 is when he signed the contract. That's one. 2020, 2021, 2022. Four out of the six years Ezekiel Elliott played before he was cut by the Dallas Cowboys. It did not work out. It worked out better than Le'Veon Bell. Worked out better than David Johnson. Worked out better than Todd Gurley. But still, all of these running backs, contract after contract, have shown that it was a mistake to pay running backs. And it really came to a head in the year 2020. Christian McCaffrey got paid four years, $64 million. That is $16 million per year. Christian McCaffrey reset the running back market. 
And when Christian McCaffrey is on the field, he looks like a $16 million a year player. The problem is he has not been on the field as much as they would like. And when he is on the field and when he is balling out, it still doesn't translate to wins because the running back position does not make the difference of other positions in the NFL. So Christian McCaffrey making $16 million per year didn't work out for the Carolina Panthers. They had to trade Christian McCaffrey because their team was so bad. It was not equating to wins. The 49ers are happy. They have Christian McCaffrey. He is an elite player. He is worth $16 million a year in the, a vacuum. But it's when you compare it to the rest of the positions across the NFL under the salary cap, that's when it doesn't work out. And it's not going to work out for Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara in 2020 signed a five-year deal, $75 million. That was $15 million per year. Alvin Kamara, before signing this extension, made just $2.8 million. That's absurd. On his rookie contract, the work that Alvin Kamara put in as a rookie, $2.8 million, that is a freaking steal. That does not make any sense. Same with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry made $5.4 million over four years before signing his extension in 2020, $12.5 million per year. So you see all of these running backs. Derrick Henry, he signs for over double per year what he made in his rookie deal. Alvin Kamara signs for five times as much as he made in his rookie deal in one year. So it's a massive explosion. These running backs are finally making what they are worth in a vacuum. Joe Mixon makes $4.2 million before signing his deal, then makes $12 million per year. That is a 3X pay scale. Austin Eckler, he is the final running back to sign his contract in 2020, still around with the Chargers, has one year left. Austin Eckler, he made $1.6 million across three years for the Los Angeles Chargers before signing his extension at $6.1 million per year over four years. Austin Eckler is one of the few running backs to outplay that contract, to deserve more money. Most of these running backs, Joe Mixon, $12 million. Meh. Did he just deserve it? Yeah, that's probably about it. Derrick Henry outplayed his $12.5 million at times. Missed time with injury as well. Alvin Kamara, he's going to be cut next year, so he's not going to see the end of his five-year deal. 2021, things changed a little bit because we had such an established market from 2020. Nick Chubb, he settles right in between Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon, $12.2 million. More than Joe Mixon, less than Derrick Henry. Nuzzles right in there. That makes sense. Aaron Jones takes the Joe Mixon deal. He also takes four years, $48 million. So 2021, running backs are kind of just following the roadmap. Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. And then we see some weird deals. We see Naheem Hines sign $6.2 million per year. Three years, $18 million for Naheem Hines. That deal did not make sense when it happened. It does not make sense now. Bills are still having Naheem Hines at a $6 million salary. Next year, they're probably going to cut him, save $5 million. But that deal never made any sense. Then we get to 2022. And that's when things kind of started changing at the running back position. Leonard Fournette signs a contract that will pay him $7 million per year over three years. That's not 
crazy. That's not crazy money. Of course, Leonard Fournette had made $28 million before that. And he was getting up there and he was kind of coming off a revenge tour. And then James Conner, he also signs for $7 million per year. But that was kind of it. We get Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds. They kind of sign cheap deals. Doesn't really work out for them. And then we get to today. We get to the state of the running back market today. And Miles Sanders, he is not making $6.5 million per year. The price tag for running back has dropped. Miles Sanders, over four years, made $5.3 million. He sees an increase in his first year on a new contract. He will make $6.4 million. He will double the amount he made over the first four years. But it's not a great deal for Miles Sanders. He's probably going to play two years, probably get cut after that. Maybe he sees the third year, but none of these running backs are going to see the fourth year of their deal. That's why David Montgomery, he signs three years, $18 million, $6 million per year. Is he going to see the end of that deal? Maybe. Probably not, though. He'll probably play two years with the Lions, and then they'll cut him for a younger version. David Montgomery, by the way, made $4 million over four years before signing this extension with the Detroit Lions. Samaje Pirine. Samaje Pirine this year made $7.5 million over two years doesn't make $4 million per year. Alexander Madison, the starting running back for the Minnesota Vikings, is making $3.5 million per year. Before that, he made $3.5 million from the Minnesota Vikings. And that's actually a situation that makes sense. Alexander Madison didn't play a whole lot. He was a true backup. So still $3.5 million, way too cheap for a running back in the NFL. But it's better than a lot of these situations. It doesn't make sense. The work that running backs put in as a rookie, as a sophomore in their third year, in their fourth year, and then they just get spit out. Josh Jacobs is fighting that right now. Josh Jacobs, year after year, contributed. He has a dominant season, and then he's just kind of, all right, we'll franchise tag you. We want you around because we want to run you into the ground again, but we're not going to sign you long term. The Giants kind of want to sign Saquon Barkley long-term, but even then, they only really want him there for two years. The rest of the contract is fake money. If the Giants want him to see that money, he will. But if he falters at all, money's gone. Just like that. So the running back position is at a crossroad. This year's market was the worst for running backs that we have seen, and it has been... Years in the making, years of lessons from Todd Gurley to Ezekiel Elliott to drafting Leonard Fournette fourth overall to just all these moves, even with Saquon Barkley drafting him second overall. The analytics movement has opened the eyes of so many front offices across the NFL that running backs are not making a difference. They are not moving the needle and when it comes to wins and losses, the way that people used to think that they did or the way that they used to, let's be honest, in the 80s, in the 90s, running backs made more of a difference now. The game is just different. The new rules in the passing game, the elevation of quarterbacks, it's just a different game. And so smart front offices have learned the running back market has depreciated, but in the human sense and in the labor sense this is not fair this does not make sense because running backs probably have the hardest job in the nfl 
they probably take the toughest beating game after game, the workload that they are under, the shots that they take, it is probably the hardest. But it's not valuable. So how do you measure heart difficulty of the labor versus the value of the labor? It's going to be interesting. The running backs honestly need their own CBA. They need to negotiate as a group to make sure that those rookie contracts, those are being compensated fairly because it's not going to be as much of a problem when running backs hit free agency in year five and their market is lower than they were hoping for if they were compensated fairly. But the fact that Jonathan Taylor over his rookie contract won't make $10 million. Absurd. That doesn't make any sense at all. Ken Walker making $9 million for his whole contract. Just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense at all, given the work that they do. And that's why there needs to be incentives built into the rookie contracts for running backs. If you rush for a thousand yards, you get X million dollars. If you catch X passes, if you catch 50 passes, you get X million dollars. And that is the way to make it work under the current salary cap. Because under the current salary cap, it is objective that running backs should be paid less. But for the work that they do, they should be paid so much more than they are. So pay them fairly, remove them from the equation of the salary cap, make them make them fall under their own structure based on incentives, based on what they do on the field. And it's a win. It's a win for the running back position. It's a win from the NFL because now their employees are happier and it leads to a better product. And when you look at 2024, the running backs could make a stand in 2024. There are so, so many free agents that if there were to be any sort of collective action, if the running backs were to link up, start talking to each other about the offers that they're getting, they could make some noise because we've got the high end. Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, they could be traded this year still. Probably not going to happen maybe during a playoff run, playoff push, but Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler, they're going to be free agents, and they're going to be asking for Boku Bucks. The players under the franchise tag, if Saquon Barkley doesn't get signed this offseason, when Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard don't get signed this offseason, Saquon is an if, the other two are a when they don't get signed, they're going to be free agents in 2024. The entire 2020 class, unless Jonathan Taylor signs early, he's the only one that might sign early. But J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Keyshawn Vaughn. Those last two, not as relevant. A.J. Dillon, even a little bit less relevant than Antonio Gibson and Akers. But still, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of running backs. And then we've got other players like Jarek McKinnon, Cordero Patterson, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Rashad Penny, Gus Edwards. Role players that will be free agents in 2024. And then there's the players that could also join them if they are cut. Alvin Kamara, we talked about it. He's probably going to be cut. He's probably not going to be on the New Orleans Saints next year. Saints will save $11.8 million by cutting Alvin Kamara. He joins this list. Joe Mixon, save $10 million, joins this 
list. James Conner, say five and a half million, joins this list. Naheem Hines, say five million dollars. He joins this list. It's less likely, but Nick Chubb could join this list at $12.2 million saved if he is cut. Samaj P. Ryan, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, they are all probably going to be cut next year. That's a lot of free agents if you haven't been counting. If you haven't been counting, here are the running backs that I promise won't be free agents. Christian McCaffrey, because it would cost too much to cut him. Even then, save $5.5 million to cut Christian McCaffrey, $8.5 million dead. You're paying more to not have him on the roster, but small chance the 49ers want to save that $5.5 million. Probably not, though. Other than Christian McCaffrey, though, I promise that the rookies won't be free agents. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, all of these guys, they won't be free agents. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, the 2021 class, they will not be free agents. 2022 class, Brees Hall, Ken Walker, James Cook, they won't be free agents. Outside of the people still on rookie contracts, here's who we got. Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones. It would cost more money to cut Aaron Jones than to keep him. Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, and Alexander Madison. That is six running backs outside of the players on the rookie deal that I promise won't be free agents. Everyone else could be entering free agency, whether their contract is expiring, whether they are cut. Just about every running back could be on the table to negotiate. And so there are two ways that this could go. Number one, the owners could say, no, look at the market available. We have so many choices. Why would we pay you what you want when we can get someone slightly worse to do it for way less or the running backs could come together and say this is unjust this is unfair we are uniting we are negotiating and we will not accept less than we believe we are worth could we be looking at a running back movement in 2024 Hey, you like that video, be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.